Let's bow our heads. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Father, into your hands we surrender each and every one of us who are here. I pray that you will fill me with your words, that I will speak what you have given unto me. Your children will receive what you have in store for them. And Father, there will be transformation, change of lives, recommitment, Lord God. Lord, let there be a change today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I've titled my today's message as, Do Not Worry, I Am With You. Amen. Amen. Do not worry, I am with you. I've taken it from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. The Bible says, if you have your Bibles, let us read Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into, and, and is tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Keeping this as a title, and I thank God for the last point that our brother prayed on, that the word is settled in. If you got that, it's a prophetic word, because every child of God, pay attention, every child of God needs daily, needs daily, not weekly, needs daily a word from the word of God for his daily walk in life. Every child of God needs daily one word to hold on, that he will take that through the struggles of the day, through the obstacles of the day. That one word. And that's the reason it's very important for you to spend time with the word of God in the morning, for you to get your word to walk through that entire day. Amen? I want us to look at these verses, and if you have not memorized, it's good to memorize verses, and as long as you are young, you can do it. So we'll be looking at this verse. Thank you, brother. We'll be looking at this very carefully. And I, one area that I want to look at, we all struggle, all of us. There's no exemption to this. We all struggle, and that area is worry. Everyone struggles with it. And I want us to look very carefully today at Matthew chapter 6, and we will be looking at from verse 25 to 34, but uh, for the moment, for today's exhortation, we are going to look at verse 33. If you have that on the screen, put up 33, brother. The Bible says, and let us say it together. Are you ready? Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. All these things. This verse is obviously putting priority on God. That's what this verse is talking. All children of God who want to follow Christ must settle in their heart one question, and that question is, what is the most important thing of priority in your life? 
the number one priority in your life. Now, at this moment, what is most important to you? I want you to take maybe two seconds and think in your heart, what is most important for me right now in my walk? Have you thought of it? Right. Let us go to some that I have taken and let us see. Number one is people. People are most important. I'll tell you why. If you're a businessman, the first thing you'll think, who should I meet tomorrow? I need to make so much a business. I need to get my budget. I need. So people are important to you. You wonder as to who you have to meet. Did you meet this person? How you can meet him? What are you going to talk? And you have all these things set up. Doctors are important sometimes for people. You have an appointment for the, with a doctor and you start thinking, okay, I'm going to see the doctor. What I should tell? What is he going to tell me? What am I going to hear from this doctor tomorrow when I go there? And that's what troubled me. I'm going to see the doctor. What is he going to tell me? And you always have that fear as to sometimes an unknown thing which you do not think of can creep up. So people are very important. What about bosses? You go to work and suddenly you get a call and say, come to my office and you are worried. What is he going to tell me? Am I going to lose a job? Am I looking for a promotion? So people are one of the priorities. Number two is objects that you have, that you find that as priority. Maybe it's a house, it's a car. You take so much care about the house that you have and it's not wrong. It's not wrong. You look at it and you protect it and you take care. The next one, the next one is goals. We all have goals and sometimes they are also our priority. For example, you're looking for a promotion and you know that you have to get this because your goal is important. Then you look for business, you look for education. Some people as children, your goal now is to make sure you finish your schooling, you finish your college. Nothing else is more important than for a child who's grown up is, I have to finish my education and that's your goal. For some, it's money. I have come to this land, I need to make so much of money. That's my priority now till this age. I want to be in this country. Make so much money and go back. That's your priority. For some, it's pleasure. I want to go here. I want to see this. I want to do this. I want to do whatever be mountain climbing, everything, what, name it. And that's your, the thing which you have. Some, it is parents. Those who have mom and dad who are still alive and they are whole. That is your priority at the moment because you are here. Mom or dad is alone back at home and that is also your priority at the moment. Who's looking after them? Who's taking care of them? I hope they don't slip. I hope they don't fall down. I hope nothing happens to them. I hope that when they're crossing the road, nothing happens to them. I hope somebody can visit them. So parents are a priority for us right now. What about parents who are here? It's your children. Your number one worry is my children. What is that? So you have your priority as your children. And then others come, the last one is your desires. Let us not go there. It could be anything. And that's your priority at the moment. You want those desires to be fulfilled. Now, all these priorities that I have just mentioned, about eight, they all try to get number one place in your heart. Christ is seated on your heart. Somewhere down the line, these priorities try to seek to get dominance, prominence, first place. And if not dealt very carefully, they slowly creep up and push Christ, who is supposed to be enthroned in your heart, and they are now enthroned there. It could be anyone. If not dealt carefully, one of them can take priority in our heart. And that's what we see people, and you will know what is priority in their heart. Is it Christ or one of these that have, that have taken dominance? Now, when you learn, Jesus said, he has promised that God will give you all that you need. Not your desires, please. It's your needs that he will give for you daily. What is your daily need? So when we look at the scripture very closely, Jesus is addressing worry. And that's the most common thing. Jesus said, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? You can't even add a single hour to your life. Then, number two, 
worry can be very dangerous. It's a very dangerous thing. Worry is universal. So it's not just for the worldly people, or it's not just for a child of God, or it's not just for the pastor, it's for everybody. Now, there's a root to this worry. Now, I want to deal with the root. What is the root to worry? And there's only one root to worry is fear. If you look, fear gives birth to worry. Worry gives birth to all complications and health issues. It starts with fear. From fear, it goes to worry. You start worrying, 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 and suddenly you find that is leading to so many issues which were not there, and suddenly they are creepier. Now, the reason we fear is because we have not given the rightful place to God in our lives. That's the root. When we do not give the rightful place of, to God to be enthroned, then all these things take, o- take over us. Now, remember, wherever the presence of God is manifested, pay attention, wherever the presence of God is manifested, the first thing that God addresses or the first thing that Jesus addresses, or the first thing that the angel addresses whenever they come to man, they address fear. Read through the scriptures. Every time the presence of God is manifested among his children, he says, fear not. Why is God addressing fear in man? Because he knows that's the root to all the problems we have. My dear brothers, I would like to encourage you this afternoon. I may not know what you're going through, and I know each and every one of you, if I'm to have a time to sit with you, you will say, Brother Claudie, I'm worried about my husband's job. Brother Claudie, I'm worried about my son. Brother Claudie, I'm worried about my daddy. You will. It's a natural thing. But I know one thing. I'd like you to say, I think it was Pastor Sean who always used to say that one thing. I hope I'm not wrong. I want you to tell your neighbor, remember one thing. The one thing I want you to remember that the God that we serve knows everything that you're going through. Amen? The God that we serve, he knows your heartbeat also. He knows your heartbeat. He knows what is troubling you. He knows why are you scared. He knows everything about it. He sees the fear in you. And he knows that you're worried over one thing. Some of us are not worried over one thing. We are worried over everything. Some of us are worried because there's no worry worrying us. That we look for worry. So what we do, we go to our neighbor. Our neighbor will tell us what we are worried. And then we become worried with them. (laughs) No, that's natural. You want to know? If you want to know this truth, Listen to your wife or husband when they're talking. The Jameson is so sad what they're going through, that poor man, what he's going through. Then you know your wife has taken the worry of James. Some are like that. Okay, let me not go there. Now, I want you to tell your neighbor. See, one thing the Bible says, in all that you're going through, I will never leave you. It's in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I want you to tell your neighbor, The Lord is with you in all circumstances. Amen? In all circumstances. Now, since you have said it, I know some of you, when you're saying it, you laugh. But I want you to mean it in faith. Because when your brother or your sister hears you speaking in faith, that's what they will receive from you. Amen? So whenever you say something of encouragement, say it with the faith that is inbuilt in you. So I want to address certain things and I want us to look at certain myths that we believe which are not true. Number one, the first myth is if you faithfully follow God, you will have no more problems. Have you ever heard that? Brother, next, next brother. If you faithfully follow God, you will not have any more problems. Now, many times we are led to believe that if we follow Christ and if we are faithful to Him, we will not face any obstacle, we will not face any disappointment, we will not have any setbacks, our journey of faith is going to be beautiful. And sometimes 
many great evangelists have taken the pulpit and they have used these terms. But this is not scriptural. I want to turn and show you what is scriptural. The inspired writers of the Bible didn't believe in any of this myth because God's word is full of warning of how difficult life could be when we follow to do the will of God. When you earnestly follow to do the will of God, you will have obstacles. You will have mountains. You will have valleys. You will have all the complications that even doesn't happen for unbelievers will come across you. And you will wonder why these strange things are happening. Look at John chapter 16, verse 33. Let us turn our Bibles to John chapter 16. You got your Bibles there? John chapter 16, verse 33 says, I have told you these things. Yeah, Jesus is telling, I have told you all these things that are going to happen, that are going to take place. So, in me, you may have. Now, peace is only found in Christ. Circumstances happen. It's universal, I said. It will happen to any, everybody. But everyone who is in Christ, when you're going through this, in Christ, you will have peace. Amen? Then it says, in this world, you will have... Look at that. In this world, you will have trouble. Please. Here it's in your Bible. And when I looked, looked across, there were so many scriptures. I said, let me just take one or two. So in this world, brothers and sisters, you will have trouble. But I like what he says. But take heart. That means be courageous. Be strong. Hey, listen. Don't worry. He says, I have overcome the world. The one who has overcome the world is says that when I am in you, then you will overcome the world. Here is the secret to it. So the one who is in Christ is given the power to overcome the world. Amen? I can remember many years ago when I was going through very hard times, some very good brothers, biblical Christians, God-fearing, well-educated, very loving to me, used to come to me and tell me, Claudie, I think of all these pains and the sufferings you're going, you need to evaluate your life to see whether you are in Christ. And I used to smile for, at them, and when they leave, I used to pray for them. The so-called believing brothers. So if anybody comes to you, do not accept anything that is not scriptural. Because the Bible says you will have trouble. If it is going to happen to the people outside, it will happen to you more. Because you are fighting against an unseen force. That unseen force doesn't want you to prosper, doesn't want you to, to grow in the Lord. It doesn't want you to become an overcomer. So that unseen force attacks you from all angles. But the Bible says, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The truth is, God has never promised a carefree journey in our life. He has not promised that. When you study God's word, you will discover God has never promised to remove obstacles or to remove danger. I want to show you. Instead, he says, I will go with you through difficult times. Remember Exodus chapter 14? What did he do with his children when they stood before the Red Sea? Did he remove the Red Sea and cast it away? No. He walked with them through the Red Sea. And that's our God. He is still walking with you through your Red Sea. No matter what be your situation, he is the same God of yesterday. Today and forever, he will walk through the Red Sea for you, no matter what Red Sea you're walking through. Amen? Now, I want to show you Psalm 23. And look at one more scripture. Psalm 23. We say it so frequently. Edo, I walk through the valley of shadow of death. So what are you walking through every day? The shadow of death. So you are walking through a valley you will walk through a valley till the day you go from here to eternity. So each one will have a different valley. 
All of us will have our own valleys. But he says, even though you walk through that valley, I like what it says, who? Thou art with me. So in the valley, who is with you? God is there with you, no matter what be your situation. And I like this verse where it says, when you're walking through the valley, there are two things that I will bring along with me. And what? Thy rod and thy staff. He says, I will bring my rod that whenever you are attacked by everyone, I will use my rod against them. And that's what he did at the Red Sea. He used his rod to destroy the enemies of the Israelites. Amen? And he used the staff to guide them through the Red Sea. So beautifully he says that, but we get so worried and we cry out, God, where are you? He says, I am with you. I will bring two things. I will bring my rod and I'll bring my staff. My staff will guide you through this journey. Amen. We must remember one unique characteristic of the Trinity. Yes, my brother, next slide, please. One unique characteristic of the Trinity is, number one, God, our Father, is the God of peace. God, our Father, is the God of peace. Number one. God, the Son, is the Prince of Peace. I'm, I'm taking this and I'm, I'm allying it with the scripture that we just now read, even though I walked through the valley. So in the valley where you're having problems, you are having one unique characteristic of the, of the Trinity. God, the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of Peace. Amen? So in the valley, through crisis, when you are surrounded through crisis, when you are surrounded through trials, when you are surrounded through persecution, and whatever be it, he says, I am with you. It's my peace that will be with you today. Amen? How many of you love the Lord? Praise God. If you love the Lord, don't put your hands up. Thank you. Let us turn to Isaiah chapter 26. You know why I asked you if you love the Lord? I see many lullabies taking place right now. Not one, not two. I can see a lot. Please, don't sleep. You are going to walk through this valley one day. I'm not putting a curse. I'm telling you truth. And many of you are walking through this valley. There's only one thing that you will have when you walk through it. It's the word of God which is given to you when you sit and meditate upon him. And it's that word of God that is going to carry you through this valley. No matter what be your circumstances, it's the word of God will encourage you. The word of God will edify you. The word of God will build you. The word of God will sustain you. The word of God will be around you as an armor as you set to make God the priority of your life. My brothers and sisters, if you look at Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 and 4, I like this verse. It is... It, it, it ministered to me a lot. It says, Thou will keep him. Who is him? You and me. The word of God says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Not in peace, but in perfect peace that when you walk through the valley, he says, you will have perfect peace no matter what be the situation. Whose mind? Now, in order to have peace, your mind needs to be set on him. Not on the waves. Not on the circumstances. Not where the job has not come. No, I will set my mind on Christ. Because when I set my mind on Christ, I will have peace even though everything is tearing around me. Amen? He says there, whose mind is stayed on thee, because why? My mind is stayed on thee, it says, because he trusted you say that? He trusted in thee. So your trust is not in your money. Your trust is not in your job. Your trust is not in your house. But your trust is in God alone. Amen? Your trust, your faith is only in God alone as you're walking through this valley of the shadow of death. Amen? Verse 4. Trust ye in the Lord for? Ever. Always. What do we do? We trust God only when we are having trouble. And the moment the problem is over, we go on our own steam. We now carry on. Because you know what? Our hurdle is over. We don't have to worry. Father, I am okay now. I will go on my own steam. I will come back to you when I have a problem. 
That's the reason many Christians, prayer life is so much in the dungeon because when they're having the problem, the prayer life is on top. No problem, no God. This morning, don't put your hands up. Before coming into the house of God, did you meet your maker? I want to ask you, did you sit in his presence or you just woke up, had breakfast, watched little TV, and you drove on the donkey's back and came here? And we come and we expect God to do great things for us. I'll ask you something. The one who sows will reap, reap correct? And now, if you sow, what is your reaping? 30? 60? Correct? Now, if you sow nothing, what you will reap? How much will you reap? 30 of nothing, 60 of nothing, and 100 of nothing. You got the secret now. You can try, 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 because the Bible says you have sowed nothing, so your reaping has to be nothing. Learn the secret today. What you sow, you will reap. Nothing more than that. I want to challenge you today. Whenever you come to the house of God, come prayerfully and say, God, speak to me. I do not want to be going to sleep when I've been sitting in your house. Speak to me, God. Where is my word? I want my word. I'm going to stay awake and receive my word. My brothers and sisters, look at the NLT of the same scripture. The same scripture in NLT, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All who trust in you. Now, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you, trust in the Lord always. You see that? Though that means not in bad times, but in good times too. Your trusting should be in God when you get a promotion. Your trusting should be in God when you don't get your promotion. Your trusting should be in God when you lose a loved one. Your trusting should be in God when you get a new person born. Your trusting should be when you lose and when you gain. I will trust my God and I'll walk before him faithfully all the days of my life. Amen? That should be your trusting. See, if I give... 10,000 rials for you, anybody will trust me because I go to Brother Claudio on the 31st, 10,000 rials. You'll trust me. But tomorrow if I die, where are you going to get the money from? But that's not so with God. In good times, in bad times, you trust Him. Amen? When you remember, brothers, all other ground other than God, you know the seven grounds I told you, they can fail. I will not use the word they will fail, they can fail. And only on Christ alone is the solid ground. Amen? When the disciples got caught in the violent storm on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus did not remove the storm from them. Jesus rode out the storm with them. In another place, when they were in the storm, he calmed the storm with them. But in all the situations, he was in the storm with them. I do not know what storm you're going through. Please, please, don't think that God is not with you. He is with you. If he was with the disciples, he will be with you. Amen? Amen? In Luke chapter 8, 48, Luke 8, 48, the Bible says, and he said, that is, Jesus said to her, daughter, be of good comfort. Look at it. Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace. What did this woman come for to Jesus? She came for healing, correct? That's the only thing she came to Jesus. She came, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. That's what. But see what does Jesus address this woman? Why did Jesus tell this woman, go in peace? Have you ever meditated? Why did he tell her? She came for healing. She received her healing. But now he's addressing her. He says, go in peace. Jesus knew that this woman never had peace for 12 years. He knew that. The scripture says that. I'll tell you how. 
she was worried about many things. This woman was worried about many things. Number one, she trusted in her money, and her money was all spent. The Bible said she has spent all her money. So, one ground, ground money sank. The next, she trusted in her doctors because it said that she went to many physicians. So, in all the doctors that she trusted, they also became sinking sand. It didn't work. She trusted in the medicines that were given to her, but even those medicines failed her. The money that she had failed. The doctors that she trusted failed. Now the medicine also failed. She had lost her peace, and she was worried, and fear had gripped this woman now. Everything she put her trust was gone. She knew in her heart that Jesus was her only last hope now for healing. She not only received a healing, she was restored with peace that she lost. That's the reason. Because she had lost that peace, he says, go in peace. I will restore peace back to you. I don't know how many of you have lost your peace today, folks, for various reasons, but our God, the God that we serve, will restore your peace back to you in Jesus' name. This woman was restored from worries to happiness. He took everything away and he gave her joy. Remember only one thing, God can restore the same for you in Jesus' name. It's a myth to believe that God's will is easy. We are all studying experiencing God classes. Do not think that God's will is easy. It's not easy. Sometimes the going gets tough and it gets tougher also. But however, God has promised that he will go with you in the tough times. Amen? The second myth, the second myth is one day we will arrive and everything will be perfect. One day we will all arrive and everything be perfect. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm still, I'm still on earth. Okay. In my early days, I used to think that I will be able to get everything perfect. In 1985, when I entered this land, I said, oh, I will work here as long as they kick me out. I thank God still they didn't kick me out. And I will make all the money that I want, and I will retire very happily. That's the thing we believe, no? One time, everything will be perfect. But as we going, and as you go every day, new, new obstacles come up your way. Every time you'll find something new, which you've never seen, especially if you get married. As long as you're single, half of the obstacles are not there. <laughs> the day you get a wife, obstacle starts. The day you get children, more obstacle starts. Get grandchildren. I'm not there yet. Any grandfathers here? Ah, oh, Brother Joji, I love you. I forgot about you. Praise God, Brother Banga. See, grandfathers, more obstacles. You know, when mother and father are sleeping, that poor grandfather, he has to carry the child, that poor grandmother. I was preaching last week in a church, and I felt sad for this grandmother. Husband and wife very happily sitting. Please don't misunderstand me, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Husband and wife very happily enjoying worship, lifting up holy hands. That poor grandmother, I felt very sad for that lady. And I addressed her in my message, be of, be of good courage. So when you get married and have grandchildren, obstacles will start. Obstacles will be there till the day you close your eyes. Amen? After that, you fly through, no obstacle, straight into the throne room of grace. Ah, see, no amen. There will always be success. There will be regrets. There will be offenses. There will be shortcoming. There will be pain. There will be sorrow. There will be failures. All this reminds us, pay attention, failures, obstacles, it reminds us of one thing, and that is, he is still working on me. Amen? God is still working on me. I'm not yet finished. I'm still not come to his image. He will make me perfect on the day I leave this earth. Amen? Our work is in development, brothers. We are becoming more like Jesus every day. That's the reason every day you are sweeter than the day before because you're becoming more like him. I want husbands, tell your wife, honey, you're sweeter than yesterday. But don't ask her to make biryani for you. 
That's why now many Christians, when they go through this journey, they substitute something else instead of God because doing the will of God is very hard. And they say, I need to substitute it with the will of God. And that's the reason in our journey, many Christians take shortcut because they are substituted who is supposed to be enthroned on their, in their heart. God's remedy to this is, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen? We are going home one day. Going home, nobody wants to go home. Everyone likes the fullos. Everyone likes the kava and the dates. Oh, very happy. The best cars. Every three years, we must have the car. Going home, no, brother, not for us. We'll go home some other time. Hello, we are going home. Amen. You should rejoice and say, God, I want to be there because your suffering will be over soon. Amen. When you see him, you'll be like him, face to face, glorifying him, worshipping him. Brother Claudie, let me have two more babies and then I'll go home. Wait, our time will come. You will live a ripe old age. Amen. You will see the fruit of your labor and you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. One more verse Jesus said. I want to show this to you. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, he says, My grace is sufficient all through your journey. My grace. And that's all you and I need. We need only is grace. I want to show you something. Till the end of our journey, number one. Yes, brother, put it on screen. My grace will accompany you, number one. Okay? My presence will strengthen you. Number three, my spirit will comfort you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. What more you and I want more than this, this scripture from the word of God? To tell us, my grace will accompany you no matter where you are. Now, be careful. You cannot live in sin deliberately and ex expect God's grace to follow you. You have to be careful of that. Many people willfully sin and they say, God's grace will bring me back. His mercy is there. His mercy is there. He will bring you back. But don't take that for granted. Amen? It's a myth to believe that someday we will arrive at a place of complete, absolute perfection on this side of heaven. The truth is, Life is a journey. We are pilgrimage moving forward to our heavenly home. Amen. In this world, there's no peace. You will have problems, but the presence of God will give you peace. It's only the presence of God that will take away everything else. My last, my last point, the third myth that we never have to pray. I'm going to touch on a very sensitive topic now. We do not have to pray. Many good Christians have said this, Brother Claudie, if I have a need, I know if I have a problem, I don't need to pray. My God is a loving God. He will answer all my requests. Yes, if you're a baby who does not know how to even uh, talk, yes, God will take care of you. But if you're an adult and you know the word of God, don't tell me that it's wrong. It's a lie, it's a trick of the devil to keep children of God to grow up. If you say you are a child of God and you say that you are not able to spend time with him, I will shout out, Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. A child of God says he has no time. My brothers and sisters, that's the reason Jesus addressed and he says, he was talking about seek ye first the kingdom of God. When do you seek his kingdom? In the morning. When do you seek his kingdom? Like Daniel, in the afternoon. When do you seek his kingdom? In the evening. You seek his kingdom continuously. Amen? God knows that all our worries that we go through and worries will always try to choke out the plan and the purpose of God from your life. Be careful. Worries will always do that. Jesus mentioned in another place, it's in Matthew chapter 13, he mentioned about the parable about the sower and the seed. He said the farmer sowed seed. Some fell on rocky path, some fell on weeds, and those that fell, and fell on the fertile ground. But that which fell on the weeds 
what happened? He says, but they got choked by the worries of the world. You see that? You can receive the seed right now. But the moment you step outside, the worries of the world will want to choke what you receive and destroy it. The only way the seed can be destroyed if the seed has not received proper nourishment, that is water. So please pay attention. The moment you go out, protect that seed and say, God, you have, you have laid a seed in my heart. Let it germinate and bring forth life and fruit, Lord God. Amen. In this life, we will have certain that things that are necessary for us, all of us. Number one that is necessary for us is our food. Correct? We need food. Number two, we need clothing. We need shelter. These are necessary things for all of us. We need money. We need the reals. And we need good friends. Jesus knows that we strive for this. He says, no, there's nothing wrong to strive for them. Pay attention. He knows it. So what he says, Jesus is saying, in your seeking, first seek God's kingdom. That's my father's kingdom. And these necessary things, things which are necessary for you, will be given to you, which is necessary for you. Amen? Not the fourth house to put your leg there. You understand what I'm trying to show you? Now, there can be no way if you're saying that we have a relationship with God, if we all say we love God, and I will ask you only one question. Have you met him today? All of you, including me, if we say I love God, I will ask you, what was the appointment you had with him today? Did you spend time with him? You cannot tell your wife, I love you, and go and live in uh, Lucy's house. <laughs> and say, wife, I love you, baby, but I will live with Lucy. You can't do that. We say we love God. I will ask you, what did God tell you today? What did he show you today? What did God minister to you, to, to you today? My brothers and sisters, we have to be very careful in our life. Jesus is saying, first learn to seek my Father's kingdom and all these necessary things, I will give it to you. Amen? If anyone were to ask me the most important question today, what is it by Brother Claudie to overcome worries? And how can I get my life under control? I will say one thing to you today, church. For the next four weeks, try it. For the next four weeks, make an appointment with yourself. Make an appointment with yourself that you will wake up 30 minutes before your allotted time and spend that time with God your Father. Can you do that? Only a few years. If you really want a change of heart, you want a change of life, you want your life to turn around, you're getting up at 6 o'clock, say, God, I'm going to give 30 minutes extra and I'm going to meet you every day. Amen? Talk to him as a friend. Tell him what you like. Tell him what you don't like. Tell him what is troubling you. Tell him what, what you are, where you're getting hurt. Tell him everything as a friend talks to a friend. When I counsel people about this, they always tell me, Brother Claudie, uh, you know, it's not easy having three, four children, having two children, getting up in the morning, preparing breakfast, and that husband of mine wants breakfast and lunch to be prepared. I don't have time, Brother Claudie. And then I have to take the children to school. I don't have time. It is an excuse. It is an excuse. Learn to give God even what you're going through and say, God, I'm struggling in this area. Can you help me? Now, I know all of you who are sitting here, you don't have a flight to catch in the next 30 minutes. Anybody has a flight to catch in the next 30 minutes? Or next 10 minutes? Okay. I need 10 minutes of your time. Can you give me that 10 minutes? Okay. I'm sure none of you are going to take your children for uh, tuition in the next 10 minutes. Anybody? Anybody going to meet His, His Highness, His Excellency, the Minister right now in the next 10 minutes? Nobody. So nobody has got nothing to do in the next 10 minutes, correct? Nobody talks to me. 
You are thinking I'm going to catch you. Okay, I want us to do something. I want you to picture in your mind, okay? Pay very close attention. I want you to picture in your mind one thing that is troubling you. One thing that you are worried about. We all have it. But today we are going to get it right before God. What is the one thing that you are worried about? Have your eyes closed for a minute. We are going to do something very, very right with God. What is it that is troubling you? Let us be, let us be honest before God. There is no superhero here. So let us, including me, what is it? Is it finance at this very moment? As a family, you are struggling. As an individual, are you struggling financially and that is worrying you? Is it your job that you feel that somebody else has taken the place and you might lose your job? Is it a relationship that you are having and you feel your relationship is on the rocks at this moment? Is it that you have found out that somebody is sick either in your family or you? There is sickness somewhere crawling around the corner. Is it your parents that you are worried about at this moment that they are gone old, they are sick, nobody is there for your parents? Is it your children that you are worried, what has happened to my child? My child has to finish college, my child has to do this, my child has to do that and you are worried about your child? Is it you are scared or worried that your visa is going to come to an end and you are not sure? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for these next few minutes. Or are you worried you have to speak to somebody, you have hurt that person, you need to get it right and you want to do it? Or is it some disease or a sickness? I do not know what it is. I want you to take 30 seconds or take 60 seconds. Just take the next 60 seconds and bring that worry to your Father in heaven. It's between you and God. The next 60 seconds, no matter what, if you have faith today, the size of a mustard seed, God will answer you. Amen? If you have. So I want you to take this time. And as we are going to now worship the Lord, I want you to be in an attitude of worship. And as we are going to sing unto the Lord of to seek ye first the kingdom of God, I want you to make this prayer with me. Keep your eyes closed. God, my Father, you know the things that are troubling me. This problem, this worry that I have, it has come between me and you, Father. I'm ready to give this to you right now, Lord. I'm ready to trust you. I'm ready to trust your word also, Father. Father God, I'm going to seek you first from today onwards, Lord God. I've made a commitment that I will seek you every morning. Give me the grace to glorify you. No matter what I'm going through, Father, give me the grace, whether I have or I don't have, I will learn to be a worshipper of you. I will sing in good times. I will sing in bad times, Lord God. Lord, I believe that you are there to help me. I know you care for me. In Jesus' name, I offer this prayer. And God's children say, Amen.
Can we sing that chorus one more time, sister? I want you to take it as a heart and lift up your hands before God as we sing that for the last time. Today is just not a message, but God is ministering to us in what be your situation. I will seek his kingdom first. Matthew 6, verse 33. We read it. We sang it. We're going to read it again from the Word of God. Because the crux of the message, the answer to that question of worry in our lives is simply verse 33. So let's read it together. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Turn also with me a page, chapter 7, verse 24. Because this verse will actually tell us where we stand. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So that's the question you need to answer today. Your cry has been, why do I have to worry? Why do I have so many of these things that bother me day and night? God has given you the answer. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then he tells you something else. And that's where you have to answer. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does, does them. Anybody does not know the meaning of do, does? Okay, simple, isn't it? Whoever does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let's go to verse 26. What does it say? But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on sand. Now you decide. Let me decide for myself. Do I want to be called a wise man? Or do I want to be the foolish man? Because if I want a solution to worry, the solution is seeking first the kingdom of God. So church, turn to God. Talk to God right now. Talk to God right now. Tell him that yes, you want to seek his kingdom first. And all these things will be added unto you. Every priority that you have put will be added in. 
you will get the answer to everything that you have got. But the key is seek ye first the kingdom of God. And he who does the sayings of Christ will be the wise man who, who is blessed, who is benefited, whose house is built on rock. And when the storm comes, it does not fall down. Church, talk to God right now. This is a very important message for us at the beginning of this year. We don't want to go through 2019 being worry warts. We want to just experience the joy of living free. The joy of having that, experiencing that freedom that God has won, that Christ has won for us. Why worry? Seek first the kingdom of God. Talk to God, church. Talk to God right now. By the end of this year, none of us needs to stand and testify that I was worried and I was worried and I was worried. Because if you are worried at the testimony time at the end of the year, that means you haven't heard today's message. And you haven't responded to what God is telling you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for telling us in such simple words, Lord, Father how we need to live our life victoriously, how we need to prioritize things, how we don't have to live a life of worry, how we don't have to be worried about every situation. But just to turn to you, Lord Father, you have given us the answer, Lord Father. Father God, this year I want to be a wise man, Lord. I don't want to be a foolish guy. I want to be that wise man. And I want to have my house built on rock, Lord Father. The Father God, whatever be the storms of life, I shall stand firm. Because I have sought you first. And I seek you first. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us this word this day, Lord Father. And I pray, Lord, that it will resound in every one of us. And we will turn to you and commit ourselves 100% into your hands, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your man, your servant whom you have used, the man of God. We pray, Lord, that you will bless him, Lord Father. Continue to give him your, your word, Lord Father, that he will bring it across to us, Lord Father, in powerful ways. Anoint him, Lord Father, that he will truly be a man who brings forth your word unto us, Lord Father. Pray, Lord, that you will be with him and his family, Lord Father. You will bless them and you will make them a blessing to many, Lord Father. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the healing that you have restored, the health that you have restored to our dear brother, Lord Father. Even as we heard his testimony, Lord, we knew, Lord, that it was you and you alone who worked in him, Lord Father. And we thank you for that, Lord. And Father God, as we depart from here, Lord Father, we pray, Lord, that these words that you have spoken shall not depart from our minds, Lord Father. And we will remember them and we will put them into practice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.